so we've been in, in Luke chapter 5, taking a slow walk with Jesus, and uh, we, we come to the, the next episode, and it really is about Jesus saving people. And this whole week, you know, as, I, as I've been meditating upon this, it's just like, if you, can, if you can put yourself in the story, you're just like, what Jesus is doing right here is what he does with all of us sinners, bringing us along. And so I'm going to read you the story. Uh, we'll talk a little bit through it, but uh, most of all, I, I want us to remember, just like in that scripture, it's what we, we used to be this way, and then Jesus did this. Jesus gave his life, his body. He, he gave everything to us so that we could actually be free again. And, uh, and for old Christians, and, and some of you guys are old, you're, you're like old Christians, like, yeah, I got that, been there, done that. But I'm going to tell you that old, fresh Christians keep that at the top of their heart. That there's, you know, sometimes we, you know, it, it, it gets boiled down and you're just walking, you know, it's like it's all good. But when we forget the joy of our salvation, that's when we forget to share it with those that are lost. And so it's, it's very important for us to, to embrace stories like this so that we can keep it top of mind for ourselves. So here's, here's how it goes. After this, now when was after this? We just talked about the, the healing of the paralytic. He was forgiven and healed, and it was a pretty amazing thing. So Jesus, he comes outside of the, the meeting, and he takes a walk. And we'll find out about that a little bit. So after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi, sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. A large crowd of tax collectors and other sinner types were were eating with him. Uh, But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who were not invited... (laughs) uh, because they were too holy. Anyway, the Pharisees and teachers of the law, uh, who belonged to their sect, complained to the disciples. I always like that. You might want to underline, complained to the disciples. They didn't want to go right at Jesus. <laughs> They're just like, hey, you guys. Uh, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus, overhearing them, answered, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Oh boy. The end. Now we can go home. Uh, As we go through this, uh, the Pharisees and the, the teachers of the law, they had just seen this person who was paralyzed, Jesus saying, you are forgiven. And they weren't okay with that. They were basically, they thought he was blaspheming because only God can forgive. And Jesus, in that same breath, was saying, I'm God. And so they really didn't like that because the way that they had figured out their religious practice was that God was over there in the temple, and now you're messing with everything. You're actually destroying my system, and my system is i got to go walk over there to get forgiven, and I can't be forgiven by anything else. And so Jesus was destroying not just the, you know, who is God, but they were destroying the whole foundation of the whole Jewish system. And they didn't like that at all. 
so they kept hanging out and seeing what was happening. So they're following him around. Now, healing a paralytic guy that's hurting, that's pretty cool. Um, but they didn't understand that Jesus was even going to go lower. How low will Jesus go to save someone? You might have to look in the mirror to discover uh, how that works. Uh, I remember how low Jesus would go when he saved me, right? And it was like, wow, you're willing to come to the chief of sinners. Now, if you've never seen yourself as the chief of sinners, it's not an exclusive title to Paul. He called himself a chief of sinners, but I think he was also modeling for those that he led that if you really see how bad it was, you were an enemy of God, we read, right? In your mind, you were hostile. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, we were kind of okay, and then Jesus saved me. It was like, no, we were enemies of God in our minds, and we did things that were like, God's far from us. And now, I know some of you were saved very early in life, like my wife. You know, she was saved at four years old. She's been perfect ever since. And, but somewhere along the line, and she always jokes about this, you know, I was, when I was praying for my husband, I didn't realize he, he was growing pot in Big Sur. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he thought it was some, some guy, you know, just... Uh, you know, some guy in some church somewhere needed to switch churches so she could meet me. No, that was not how it worked. She, she found a total, she was praying for a total sinner and God was answering her prayers because she would need someone. I don't know. If she needs me, but, uh, she, she enjoys. Anyway, <laughs> I won't tell, tell you about our conversations this morning. Well, I might as well digress for just a moment. So the batteries of our scale said low. And so I'd been kind of losing a little weight, and so it was pretty good. But I replaced the batteries, and I gained like 10 pounds. <laughs> and she goes, <laughs> there's something wrong with the scale. <laughs> and I'm like, that's what we all think. <laughs> uh, anyway, these are the kind of... See, we do have quite a lot of humor in our household. Okay, back to the story. Uh, so Jesus, uh, he's willing to go to the depths, no matter who they are. So the people you hate the most, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're on the television. You know, it's like, ah, oh, another politician. You know, whoever you hate the most, that's the one Jesus is going for. He is saying that one is the one I want. So for us who know Jesus already, we should already know that's if, if my heart is not inclined to include them, that's the one I pray for. Just as Jenny was praying for a total lost sinner to marry, she, we should be, those that, that we despise the most are the ones that we should actually be praying the most for. You have no idea what God wants to do because the revival as it comes, it's going to sweep up a lot of people, people that you think shouldn't be in heaven. You're going to go to heaven and say, what the heck are you doing here? I hated you. <laughs> and Jesus is like, yep, that's why I got him. Because while we were enemies with God, he says, I'll take you. And so they're walking along, and Jesus went out, and he saw 
a tax collector named Levi. Now, you got to know, and we've talked about tax collectors before, but I'm, 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 I will remind you, tax collectors in those days, they were, they were lower than the prostitutes. In the Jewish community, that was pretty bad. Uh, and the reason for that was because they had sold their soul to the Gentiles. They, they had taken what was rightfully theirs as, as good Jewish people and had sold themselves out. They would buy these franchises so that they could extort from their fellow man, right? Nice guy, right? So when you look at, the, at, at these guys, you're, got, you're, you're on, on the outs. Now let's take a look at this guy, Levi. How many uh, remember the name Levi in the Bible? What were these guys? Uh, they were the priests, right? The priestly class. So this guy's named Levi probably because he's from the Levi family, which means that he had sold himself out. He had the right to work in the temple, to be part of what God was doing, but he said, no way, I'm taking the money. And, and these guys, they, they were real thugs. They were, they were really, really evil, evil people. Um, the, this person's other name, Levi, uh, as found in the Gospel of Matthew, his name is Matthew. Thank you. Uh, his name is Matthew. Matthew means the, the gift of God. His, his mom said, gift of God. And he took that life and he took it in another direction. And yet when Jesus called him, he got, the, he got a chance to write down, this is what happened. I was sitting at the tax booth, and I was looking at those people going, oh, what can I get from them? I'm feeling, I'm feeling lucky today. And they, they would go through your bags, and they would try to find, find your stuff. And instead, it says, and Jesus went out and saw the tax collector named Levi. And when I read that, I just thought, man, Jesus looked at him like for the first time. He looked right in his eyes. And Levi understood, you're not looking at me the same way everybody else does. See, when Jesus saves someone, he doesn't look at them for their stuff. He doesn't look at them for their lousy position, for the evil people they are, right? When he looked at you, he, did, he looked right past it. And he said, you are God's perfect chosen person. When he looks at, at, at us, he, he, he says, you have infinite worth to God and to me. I don't think he ever saw that because everybody that looked at him said, you scoundrel, I hate you. I hate walking by this tax booth. I hate that every time you, I come by, you try to extort me. And Jesus comes by and he says, man, I got, you can have everything I got. In fact, I'm going to give you something even better. When Jesus sees us, when he sees him, he looked beyond his past, right? He looked beyond his sin. He looked beyond everything and said, I see you. And that's why when he said, follow me, what's he say? And Levi got up. He left his franchise. He left his tax franchise. Where'd he go? He's just like, forget it. I'm going, and, and I, I like Maria that you shared. It's like, when I met Jesus, my life changed. 
<laughs> and that's what happened. He's like, I'm out of here. Because when Jesus sees us, he also just changes us. And it says, so he left his house, got up. Jesus said, come on over to my house. And he holds this big banquet and he invites all of his friends. Who are his friends? The only, yeah, the only people that actually would associate because these guys were not allowed in the synagogue. They were not allowed in the temple. Uh, they were not allowed even in courts because they, they, were, they, they were liars. And it's like, well, we can't trust any of these guys. So basically they were on the outs. So their only friends were other franchisees of the, the tax business. Right, not H and R Block or anything like that. As a, <laughs> no, like no, like IRS. If the IRS was selling out time, okay. So, so he invites them all over because he wanted them to see Jesus see them for the first time. Because that's what happens when you meet Jesus. You go, you got to meet my friend, <laughs> right? So on Friday, I. Uh, I, I was meeting a, a pastor friend of mine in Gilroy. We, we met at a, at a coffee shop, but he was late. And so I, I was waiting for him, and I walked by these two guys that were sitting down, and one of them had a Bible open. You know those Christians. They're everywhere. <laughs> and, and, and so I, just, I passed him, and, and uh, one guy says to me, he, he's, he's, I said, oh, yeah, I see you got your Bible there. He goes, let me tell you a story. I'm like, okay, I got time. I'm waiting for my friend. So, so, so he tells me his testimony. And it was a bad one. This guy, Mario, uh, good man, good man. Yeah. He tells me about his mom dying when he was six years old. He tells me about his abusing uncle that took him in. He tells me about going to jail for years on end. And he tells me about the day that he meets Jesus changes his life, and now he gets out of jail, and he can't help but tell other people. When Mario finishes up, Richard says, I got a story for you. I said, Richard tells me a story. (laughs) And then he asked, do you have a story? And I said, yes, my wife was praying for me when I I was growing pot. And we got talking, but it, there's something about telling your story. The day that you saw Jesus see you for the first time and you said, I am willing to come with you. And I'm willing to leave everything. I'm willing to follow you. And that, that it just reminded me, we have inside of ourselves this great story that everybody needs to hear because they don't know that Jesus is seeing them too. Anyway, when as we continued to talk, they said, what do you do? And I said, <laughs> I said well, I'm a pastor. <laughs> and they said, oh, that's cool. <laughs> they said, how long? So a long time, 30-some years. And they said, in the same place? Because <laughs> we've had seven pastors at our church. <laughs> oh, yep, same place. Because uh, there's always somebody to tell 
about Jesus. You know, that's the thing. Sometimes I talk to my other friends that have small churches, and I'm like, well, there's somebody out there that needs Jesus. It's not about the size of your church. It's about that one person that Jesus walks by and says, come and follow me. Now you can see I'm trying to instill in your heart something. (laughs) Because it's coming. Jesus says, the harvest is right out there. It's ripe. There's people that are really hurting really, really bad everywhere. And we can say, Jesus sees you. How do I know? Because he saw me, and I'm the worst of sinners. All right, moving right along, and I'm almost. Have I made my point? Okay. Now we're going out to Starbucks right now. We're going to tell people some stories. <laughs> but even your friends need to, need to know. It's, it's, not just, it's not just the gospel in the book. It's the gospel in the heart. It's gospel in your, in your life. It's Maria saying, I was baptized when I was a kid. And then I met Jesus, and everything changed. Did it make us, like, super holy? No. I wish it did. I mean, I am this much holier than when Jendi was praying for me. <laughs> but what makes the difference is, is Jesus saved me and put his Holy Spirit in my heart. And, and when I'm going the other direction, I hear the Holy Spirit go, yeah, I, th- I said, follow me. <laughs> That's a different direction. Come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. Okay. So Jesus sees you. He sees your infinite worth. And he, he finally says, there is no sin. There is no shame anymore. So if you're dwelling in any of that stuff, be free. Because that's the gospel, is being free. Okay. So... Levi does this cool thing. He gets up, leaves everything, and he follows him. And I just want to stop for a minute and talk about leaving everything and following Jesus. Most of us don't leave everything when we follow Jesus, don't we? Do we? Nah, we, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, Jesus called me. I leave everything. But, you know, even the, the first disciples, which we had talked about, uh, you know, when, when the fishermen left, they left their stuff. But you remember John 21, what they do? They went back to their stuff. <laughs> you know, when Jesus left, they're like, hey, what are we doing? I don't know. Okay, let's go fishing. Uh, and then Jesus showed up and said, okay, now it's time to really leave that stuff. But Levi had to leave his, his stuff. But the question I ask when I'm reading this is, is, what do I have to leave? And the biggest thing that we have to leave in order to follow Jesus is we have to leave our past. We have to leave the very thing that keeps us from being able to follow him. And uh, Leonard even said it this morning, is, is that our, our past, we don't even want to write about it. Sometimes when I tell people my testimony, uh, I, I feel like I'm lying. Because Jesus has brought me so far, I'm not even that guy anymore. I'm not, guy, I'm not the guy in jail. I remember telling somebody, I don't know who I was sharing my my part of my story with. And and I started thinking, how many times was I put in jail? How many times was I arrested? More than once, more than twice, more than three times, more than four times. And the the last time was going to be a doozy because I was going, I was going for for the long haul. And then Jesus stopped everything. 
But see, that's not my past. My, 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 my story is that Jesus saw me and that everything moved, moved away. Okay. So he went and followed him. Now what's following Jesus real quick, everybody? There you go. Okay. Just saying yes. How many can say yes? Everybody say yes. yes. Now say yes, Jesus. Okay, whatever Jesus says, you just say, yes, okay, I'm there. And that's what happened to me. You know, people wonder, you know, how did you become a pastor? Did you go to seminary? No. <laughs> Somebody said, there's sinners over in the Silicon Valley. You should go over there. And so we got 10 people together, nine, nine people. And we came over here and we said, wow, there's sinners everywhere. There's like a, there's like a million of them in San Jose, a million sinners. There's 3% Christians in, in this area. Right? And so we didn't know any better. We, we didn't have any Bible college. I remember people all the time, they'd say, man, what Bible college you go to? I'm like, I hadn't been to Bible college. <laughs> you know, same as Peter. Uh, anyway, uh, that's a little joke. But then finally I did go to Bible college. I studied the Word of God very diligently with the elders. And then I went to seminary, studied very diligently with the elders. And guess what? I think I knew more before I went to any of those things because all I knew is like, Jesus saves and follow him, let's go. And uh, that's all they taught me in five or six years of, of ministry training. Now, where was I? When Jesus calls us, and he has called all of us with great purpose, he didn't just call us and go, okay, you know, come, you know, be saved, go to heaven. If that was true, none of us would be here because as soon as you say, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you, he would just take you to heaven. Be fast, fast and furious, and you wouldn't have to struggle with all this stuff. But instead, he says, I'm going to leave you here as a sign of what I do in the hearts of people who meet me. Okay, last but not least, let's go to my last spot. <clears throat> so, Jesus kind of gets into this conflict. Actually, it was the disciples. And you know how people always like to do an end around. You know, they didn't want to come at Jesus because he might do something like, I don't know, heal another person. Don't want to do that, you know. So they come to him and they say this. Mm. Why do you eat with other sinners? Why does the master eat with other sinners? And Jesus gives them three things. There's really only two in this story, but Matthew, in his gospel, he adds one. So I'm going to give you all three. And this is what he says. He says, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Who needs a doctor? Sick people. I know. <laughs> Sorry, I almost went slightly political on us. Who needs the test for COVID? Sick people. Uh, <laughs> the well don't need a doctor. Sorry, I know I'm getting canceled off YouTube right now. Um, uh, but Jesus used this analogy really to wheel, reel them in because the Pharisees were saying, I got it together. And he was saying, who really needs a doctor? Sick people. Are you sick? No, I'm not sick. And then Matthew adds this. He says, learn this. Because the rabbi Jesus, this is in Matthew 9, 23. He says, learn this 
and he quotes Hosea 6.6, and he says, have compassion. I don't need, I have compassion. I don't need your sacrifices. He says, I want you to learn something. I want you to learn compassion, not sacrifice. And they were getting stumped there for a minute. And then he lays it on them, the big thing. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He lays it out there. This is, this is why I am here. I am not, I am here to save you guys. Now, some of you are feeling all righteous right now. You're thinking, man, I'm sure I'm glad I'm not like those tax collectors. Anybody? Anybody? No, I know that. I know this group. Most of us are like, oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you. And that is really true. All of us are really aware of our sinfulness and how far God went to save us. But what the Pharisees didn't get was that the mission was to look for those that didn't have and to heal them. And my plea to us, my plea to you guys that are watching this this morning, is that we rejoice in the joy of our salvation this morning, don't we? I was really digging worship this morning. The hope I have in God, you know, that God is faithful, that he's got great things in store for me. But I'm worried 97 out of 100 people that we pass on the, on the street, they're in their cars and they're worried about the things of life. And we are the light of the world. We're the only ones that have this hope within us. <clears throat> and we need to start telling the story. So I want us to pray this morning because this is how it is. There was a, uh, probably about 15 years ago, we did something. Uh, you know, Easter's coming. It comes every year. Uh, but Easter's coming. But we, we did something crazy. We set up a cross here and we, and we got a posty notes and we wrote down all the people we could think of that didn't know Jesus. I mean, like, and it was a lot of them. And we, we were a much larger church at that time too. So there were sinners. That thing was like pasted. We had to use the wall. Be, you know, it wasn't just the cross. We were, we had the whole wall there. And we started praying. And by Easter, most of those people had at least heard the message again through one of the people praying for them. And many, many, many of them had come to Christ. Because the way that people come to Jesus is through the prayer of someone and then the voice of another. Uh, my cousin's here this morning. We're, we, we, I, I, always, I, I always count our salvation uh, for my great aunt Teddy because she was a missionary to Africa and, um, and, and she prayed for the family. I don't know. The, most of the rest of our family was pretty good sinners. <laughs> Our family certainly were. <laughs> they were not leading us on, but I really believe that our heritage goes back to, to someone prayed for us, and then later in our lives, someone shared their story with us, and it connected to us at the right time. And so I want us to close, and I want us to think about someone particular that uh, you want to pray with, pray for, that Jesus would open their heart and also that 
our hearts would be open because we don't know who that person we might run into and might just have a conversation with in the next week or two that really just needs us to share our story. So with that, let's pray. Father, thank you for sending Jesus, making a way for us to have a relationship with you, freeing us from our sins, our past, our station in life that was opposed to you. And now by your grace and by your mercy, you have called us, said, follow me, and given us a true purpose in life to know you and to share your good news with others. And Lord, we know that we're in a world of people right now that don't know you and that you've set up things in such a perfect way right now where the world is a mess and that the light of the gospel will shine that much brighter. So we pause for a moment and think about family members that don't know you. Lord, we think about family members that have wandered away from you. Lord, we think of co-workers that don't know you yet. We think of neighbors that don't know you yet. And we think of people that are far from us that we've had hard feelings towards tax collectors all around us who need a touch from Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, as you bring specific people to our mind, we lift them up before you right now. And we ask that you would save them as you saved us. That we know that your purpose is to seek and save the lost. And we also pray for our own tongues to be loosened about our own stories, to be able to share with the world how great a salvation we have because of the life you've given us in Christ. Father, do a great work in the days ahead. Let your revival come uh, as you use us and other Christians around the world to share this good news. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So if you have a note, you have your Bible out, write a name down that's come to mind, and get ready, because the gospel's coming. Yay. God bless you, those who have joined us online. Uh, lunch today, I won't tell you what it is, uh, but it's going to be good. And uh, we look forward to welcoming you back when uh, you have an opportunity. Have a, you have a great day. Enjoy your Super Bowl event, uh, whatever that might be. And uh, God bless you. The rest of us, uh, let's, let's uh, enjoy some lunch and hang out together. And we'll see you soon.